Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off the Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Hello, welcome to it. Off the bench, Jason Matthews in here uh, this weekend. Uh, by the way, Satsy will be back on Sports Day uh, on Monday night after his three or four-week holiday. I can't keep up with it. Um, a big show today. A lot of league stuff around this week. And we'll also look back at the highlights from Sports Day. There's been a lot of cricket news around, of course. I mean, how could we forget the conjecture around uh, what was going to happen with the Australian batting lineup and who replaced Dave Warner? Uh, as opener, there was plenty of NRL news to get through, including Cobbo moving into the centres at the Brisbane Broncos and how that will be. I'm not sure. I know Daddy Vass is not sure as well, but uh, if they get him early ball and attack or he just plays a roaming role, I reckon he's going to be very hard to defend. But the question marks are around his defence and will he be fit enough? Um, and, and according to... Uh, Kevy's getting there. So we'll have, a, we'll have a chat to... Um, oh, the other person too is Tavita Pengai Jr. He was seen at Broncos training. What's going on there? Is he falling in love with the game again? Does he want to go back and play? We'll talk to Andrew McCulloch, the 311-game veteran of the NRL with the Broncos, of course, the Dragons, and also the Knights. We'll have a chat to him. He was actually sniffing around Broncos training. And he was actually there. So we'll get his thoughts on his surprise packet for this year as well. Which team, and I gave him a challenge, I don't want to know about the Dragons or the Broncos, which team do you think would be the surprise packet in 2024? Also spoke with former Australian cricket um, uh, superstar, fast bowler Michael Kasperwitz after the announcement of the Australian Test Squad to face the West Indies. Um, of course, the 11 has been decided. Right, it's it's uh, Smith opening the batting with uh, Cam Green coming back into the team, and he will now um, he will now slot into that number four spot. How do you feel about having two all rounders in the same team batting in the top six? We'll have a chat to Michael Kasperwitz about that as well. You'll also hear three burning questions, which involves the banana man. The former banana. Was he a banana farmer? I know he likes his bananas, but it's Thomas Flegler and he's moved to the Dolphins, plus a huge fight on the cards for Tim Zhu. Part of um, some sort of documentary, which is going to be, I think, on Amazon Prime. But, um, yeah, Flegler, what a loss for the Broncos. What a gain. What an absolute massive gain for the Dolphins. Jeez, how's he going to go? He, he didn't in front of the media this week as well. Um, but before we go any further, time now for The Dig. The segment thanks to Sherlock Wilbarrows. View the range at sherlocklastlonger.com.au. What am I having a dig at today? Oh, well, there's only one thing for me, and that's Cam Bancroft being left out of the Australian test team. For the last two years, 
he has been the informed batsman uh, at Shield level in Australia. Um, he was left out of the team. In fact, w- not one of our Sports Day shows on SEN actually had a chat uh, to his manager and he had this to say. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's sort of, I obviously found out yesterday and um, he'd get a phone call, which was always, always much better to find out directly from the selectors. Um, and I guess he'd just gone through a whole range of emotions, like with any disappointments to be yesterday really, really upset and, um, uh, you know, as you are, disappointed, I guess, is probably more the, the feeling. And then... That's his uh, manager talking about how Cam Bancroft reacted to being left out of the side. I don't know what you think. 0457 736 736. That's my dig this week from the job site to your backyard. Lighten the load with Sherlock, available Bunnings Warehouse. Rightio, here he is, Andrew McCulloch, as we talk footy. Now, Carly, uh, Yasmin, he, he gave you a nice little uh, rap there about, you know, through the ups and downs, through the entire 300 matches. Can you tell us a little bit? We, we know this bloke as a footballer, but can you tell us a little bit about him as a man as well? He's a bit of a rat bag. But um, <laughs> other than that, no, he's a very hard worker and he definitely puts in a lot behind the scenes. That Carly happens to be Carly McCulloch and Andrew McCulloch. Macca joining us on Sports Day. Rat bag. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jason, for having me on. Yeah, rat bag, so... Take it what, as you want, but yeah, uh, obviously very hardworking, good man behind the scenes as well. She also said, so don't just bring yeah, up that part. Thank you. Yeah, we don't actually pay attention to that, uh, Maka. So quickly before we get into the serious stuff of uh, rugby league, get this guy, mate. Um, your driver, that Scott Sattler, smashed to pieces uh, when we played golf about three or four weeks ago, uh, mate. Has he paid for it to be fixed yet? Just uh, please inform our no. listeners. No, he certainly hasn't, mate. He was obviously losing on a game of golf. and That's right. Like you spoke about on the segment, actually driving the green and putting for an eagle, and he got a little bit dirty after that. <laughs> so he wasn't, you know, it's his home course, and I really took advantage of the small course that it was. So, look, <laughs> I've invoiced him, but no, he's gone underground hiding, um, Scotty Sattler. So it's, uh, we hopefully hear from him soon, and it'll be nice to get a nice little present on my door set very shortly. Mate, the most upsetting thing about our golf day was the fact that he didn't try to break my driver you know i i was i was a threat what's going on there mate you're very your percentage of hitting the fairways is very strong so what we'd call that is a layup with a driver and then obviously (laughs) i went for it so we we worked well and we got the cash mate that's all that matters and it didn't matter which fairway by the way hey early in the week kevy walters indicated that selwyn cobbo will have first crack at herbie farnworth center position Here's what uh, Kevy had to say about uh, Cobbo. That's the plan, to, to move him in into that role. Um, he's sort of probably a bit more natural there in the centres than, than on the wing. And um, so far, he's been really good there. I guess we'll find out more when we start playing and starts having to make tackles and do all those things that uh, the great centres do. How's he, how's he looking, Kevy? Like, he's still a young lad. Like, how's, yeah. his, how's his fitness? And no, he's, well, he's, again, still only young, Selwyn, so um, still maturing in that space with his uh, fitness levels and his strength. They'll get better at, as the year goes on, but his footy IQ is very good, very intelligent player, which is uh, you need to be playing those centre roles, particularly defensively, I, I feel that's where he's going to be a good asset for us with the way he reads the, the, the attack. Um, I, when I heard this, and I, and I know some Broncos supporters when they heard this as well, they're going, oh, is he the right man to play in the centres? I mean, attacking-wise, he'll be brilliant as long as he gets plenty of early ball. But there are some question marks over him defensively. What do you think, Macca? 
Yeah, well, like Heavy said, I think only time will tell when he gets into a bit of games and he's a young guy. But, yeah, there will be some trial and error in regards to, um, you know, defensively. His attacking wide play actually suits him a lot better in terms of, like Kevin said, his fitness is probably not um, his, his strong suit. Obviously, he's a big, powerful thing. And naturally, it's just not probably his style of the, <laughs> the conditioning style of things. So, Sam actually probably helps him in that sense where he doesn't have to go back and collect the kicks and do a lot more running. So I feel like that'll actually really help him and benefit the team. And, and he's a and he's a big um, and he's a big body as well. So um, certainly a good aspect. They have actually filled the void that Herbie's left there now. Uh, oh, you are the Bronx robbing Peter to pay Paul by taking him off the wing and putting him in the centres. Are they what? Sorry, are they robbing Peter to pay play Paul to pay Paul? That mean are they are they sacrificing him as a winger where he's very good? to try and just fill a hole in the centres, wouldn't they just be better off keeping him on the wing and finding another centre? Yeah. Yeah, no, so I just we might come back. They might feel also that their wings, uh, you know, comes back to obviously the team balance. If you look at Jesse Arthurs and Corey Oates as well. So they've got some key players that actually can play wing and fill that void. So I might just come back to balance of, uh, you know, the team, what they think is the best suited for everyone to try and get your best team on the park. And obviously... Dean Marin is a young guy as well. We played a bit of footy as well. So it's obviously competition for spots and that's what you need. And it's probably a good um, problem for Kevy to have, actually, that they can swap these guys in and out or even leave quality players out of the team. Like last year, I'd see missed a fair bit of footy due to not playing and Jesse took his opportunity. So never know what's around the corner. But, you know, obviously, Salman's going to make some things wrong, but you can't make anything wrong unless you give it a go as well. So I can kind of see where Kevy's coming from. Rightio, um, did you see the news around today that uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. was spotted at Brisbane training? He wasn't training. He was just leaning on the fence and, and watching like uh, like all spectators. Um, do you, I don't know what you know. Is there a desire from um, Tavita Pangai Jr. to get back to rugby league? No, not at all. I actually seen, um, funny you said, I actually saw Tavita there at the coffee shop just before training. I was over there um, doing a bit of stuff and he came over and, he was with his boxing coach. He's still mates with a lot of those sort of guys within the team, Payne and Paddy and a few of those guys that he was at the Broncos with. So he's still involved. It's probably a game where he still enjoys watching him and, and seeing, obviously, his mates do well in the conditioning and different side of things like that. So, no, I wouldn't read too much into it. I just think it's one of those things, you a bit of time, you get to go down and see your mates at training and, and that way you can do still, you know, get to see them a, bit, a fair bit away from, obviously, boxing. Yeah, right. Okay, so no desire to go back to rugby league, in your opinion? No, nah, no desire. I feel like he's he's done now. He's got a new goal, and you know that'll take time. And it's a big step, but good on him. It takes a lot of courage to to do that. So you got to you know commend that. You got to actually congratulate the guy on being able to take a big step when a lot of other people wouldn't. And just take the cash. Uh, just uh, on that training session, Jesus, how good does Payne Ass look? Mate, the thing is. It's just, it's just normal. That's a, it's a, and it's a weird, weird thing to say. It's just normal. So I don't, you know, people say, oh, well, yeah, it is well, but it's just the same. It's just normal. It's just what it is. So it's, it's nothing out of the box and actually ordinary. You just, if you see it, you just end up getting used to it, which is the crazy thing. Why do some people get blessed <laughs> with a body like that? Oh, um, I hate those blokes. Big guy like that, fit as anything, just, you know, win another, um, Player of the Year trophy as well, so he's absolutely killing it. But yeah, it all comes back to his fitness. He's, yeah, it's pretty. It's quite a sight to see, actually. And he's still a pup as well. Righty, let's get. Um, uh, oh, Jesse Arthur sprained his ankle today. 
We'll be racing the clock for the yeah. pre-season challenge match against the Cowboys. Um, in Mackay, anything yeah. bad with that? No, I wouldn't think so. I think, obviously, precautionary, but you've got to be a bit, make sure it's a long year, so making sure you do the right things. And, yeah, like Jesse had a breakout year, got into that grand final spot. So, you know, other guys now have, might have a little bit of an opportunity to state their case or let no, Kevin know how well they've been, you know, obviously training and put their best foot forward for the year. Rightio, let's move over to the West Tigers. They've been the most active uh, in the off-season and in a good way um, on and off the field. Uh, changes made by Fulton uh, with him going uh, and Luai coming in 2025. Let's just concentrate on 2024. Where do you think the West Tigers may end up this year with Benji at the helm? My thoughts, uh, he's an untried coach and I wish him the best because I think I think they need some luck, the West Tigers, not just to be able to play well, but they do need some luck. I still have them in the bottom three um, as they build to 2025. Where do you see them landing at the end of this season? Yeah, like he's touched about a fair bit going on, obviously not just on the field, but off the field. And I, I really like it, actually. I really like the, the aggressiveness and the, the, the approach to actually trying to turn and change things. Really. You can't do that in this sort of day, day and age of football as you sort of sit on your hands and not do anything. So I really like what the whole Benji concept is going out. He's trying to get some big key players and he's landed a big, big fish as well on the field and obviously making some changes in the background, which they certainly needed to do obviously results show that so yeah I love what he's doing and like you said I played with Benji I know the style there'll be plenty of attacking style of footy and I do hope he does really well I see him probably up around the 11th mark right I just think there's plenty of improvement there I just think there's some young halves coming on the board I just think uh, sorry I just think Benji will allow him to play with a bit of freedom and back themselves and that's what you want to see and I just feel like He's got to be t- t- turn the corner surely for the, certainly the West Tigers fans. Hey, I see, yeah, I, I, I look. I'd like to see him go better. I really do. And and Benji, um, it's going to be a challenge for him though, isn't it, to, to coach week in and week out and, yeah. and and battle the highs and the lows, um, not with his own foot, not just with his own football department, but with his players. You know, it's going to be something. Well, to- this coaching thing's not easy. Well, I absolutely love the approach. When you think about it, he had it set like the challenge and how passionate he must be at, at wanting to coach and to get that team turned around. You look at he had a pretty cruisy job, a good lifestyle, obviously in terms of media community. Yeah, he had a show on Fox. He had a lot of things going for him to give up that. Yeah. And to take a passion and trying to turn a club that he played for for so long and try and get him right on the track and like you said, go through the ups and downs and the criticism and you know all those sort of things that come with a first grade coach. You really got to sit back and go, good on you, mate. He's, he's had a crack at this and he, he really, really wants to make it work. And I just love the approach that he's trying to do. So I just wish him all the best. Hey, um, quickly, the Raiders announced a good signing today. Zach Hosking on a three-year deal, effective immediately. Just they need any more forwards at uh, the Raiders? Well, it seems to be working a little bit for them with stick down there and Raiders. You know, you talk about forwards winning games of football and everyone's sort of written them off the last couple of years and they've just been that gritty, nagging sort of team. And, you know, they've been there. Obviously, they lost Jack White, who's a big loss. He's gone to your bunnies. But they just seem to hang in there. They fight for him. You know, he's obviously trained them hard enough. But certainly, they're always a tough challenge. You don't know the, the toughest things. You don't want to know what sort of canvas side's going to turn up. They turn up with plenty of passion. And obviously, Sticky's very good at being able to manipulate his players of 
them versus the world type of sort of thing mm. down in Canberra, which I love. It builds, uh, I guess, the theatre of rugby league. And you don't want to be playing Canberra down there mid-July, certainly, with, um, when Ricky's got them fired up. Yeah, mate, I've been down there on the sideline commentating uh, in mid-July, listening to Ricky's wonderful language, the use of the English language, uh, and also sitting there with, with like a bucket of ice sitting next to me the whole game on the ground, not even defrosting. Well, I got a beaten 56 nil there one Monday night when Monday night football was a thing, Jason. So you can imagine how nice <laughs> night that was in Kenya. <laughs> Would have been about minus three so, or four, I reckon, Macca. Yeah, well, we had a good night after that and we went on a 10-game winning streak. So it probably was the result <laughs> we needed. Right, mate, last thing we got to do before we go to the break because we're, we're asking our listeners tonight on 0457 736 736. Andrew McCulloch, uh, we're asking our listeners and yourself what team will be the surprise packet or which team will be the surprise packet of 2024? What's yours? Mate, I, I, I don't know if it's... I guess it is a little surprise but the way they finished last year. I just think the Knights can... Um, Build on Marshy, I just think their team's more set. They've got, you know, obviously Jaden Bradley coming back in the team, and Kalen's obviously had another strong year, but he'll be once again there. And they've recruited really well. Obviously, they lost Dom Young, but they got some good young Pommy uh, backs out there that have come on and they can fill that void. I just think they're a settled team. I think they can really go up at, up a level next year. And I think if they don't make the top four, it'll be very disappointing. Just think they've got a team that's a little bit more experienced now. So, Petey Boy's another year experienced. Bradman Best had his best year yet. So How good was he? You'd like to see it. He was outstanding. Those guys were pretty reasonably still young within the terms of the competition. So I feel actually they're a competition of um, NRL experience. Those guys can certainly get there. And a couple of um, players actually going for a position. I think Phoenix Cross on that a really, really great year covering for Jaden Braley as well. So I do feel like if they're, they're the year, it's going to be this year for the Knights. All right, Mac up. Andrew McCulloch, uh, it's nice to turn back time with you tonight. Um, uh, what are you? What are you up to? What are you doing? Are you just playing? Mate. Well, while I rang you this morning, you're, you're sipping lattes with a mate. It, that's kind of your daily routine at the moment, isn't it? It's yeah. It's just called networking, just checking in on people, <laughs> making sure everyone's all right, and those you build those relationships up, up Jason. So that's oh, what I'm all about, mate. Just, you don't need to rush back into the year too quickly. There's plenty of months left. Mate, you don't even rush during the year. What are you talking about? Jesus. <laughs> Andrew McCulloch, uh, thanks for talking rugby league with us tonight, mate, on Sports Day. Uh, all the best. Cheers, mate. Appreciate you having me on. Thank no you. No worries. Andrew McCulloch there. Stop termites in their tracks with Australia's most trusted Termite Solutions, BASF, Termidor and Trelona. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. How appropriate. We are broadcasting. This is Sports Day Live from the Vulture Street end. Of the Gabba and the greatest rock band from Vulture Street. Had this studio Vulture Street, didn't they, Casper? They did. I think um, Bernard in particular is a, a massive cricket fan. Yep. Uh, his parents are actually members. Yeah, right. Uh, he used to come to Sheffield Shield games all the time. Oh, Sheffield Shield. Remember when you got some runs in that and it used to count towards Australian selection? Remember those days? <laughs> Well, you got some wickets. Uh, welcome back to Sports Day. What? Uh, Michael, Michael Kasperwitz joining me in the commentary box of, as we have a look at a couple of things. Uh, obviously, the Big Bash and also uh, Test 
team selection. We're doing it for twoies. I feel like a twoies or two. Two drink responsibly. First of all, give us your thoughts on the test squad. Oh, well, look, I think they've actually gone with um, what they know. Um, obviously, Steve Smith uh, moving up the order and um, being the best batsman in that team, and he's shown that for many years. Uh, with all his experience expressing that he was really keen for the challenge, I think you're sort of you're, you're really fortunate that he can actually want to do that. Um, there was a comment I think um, Andrew McDonald made around we're going to select our best, the best six batsmen for the lineup. So um, obviously there's there's a lot of conjecture, and even with playing this Perth Scorchers tonight, I know from uh, a Western Australian theme. They're uh, a little bit grumpy at the moment, um, even though Cameron Bancroft plays for the Thunder. Yeah. But however, I just looked at that team and even the lead up to it, and I thought, don't be too disappointed with what they do here. And the reason being is that, um, oh, look, they've, they've managed to, if you like, create opening batsmen out of middle-order batsmen um, for many years now. So whilst in the old days, I know Matthew Hayden, three seasons scoring 1,000 runs, he's a specialist, at, you know, opening batsman, 3,000 runs in shield cricket before they even got a look in, had to dominate that first. We've seen that change, haven't we? Where we had middle order batsmen starting with, um, oh, look, even like a, a Justin Langer even. Um, Justin Langer was middle order, then all of a sudden he became an opening batsman. A Simon, so, well, finishing with Usman right yep, now. Yep. I was going to say Simon Kadich in there as well. Shane Watson. Yep. Um, so it's, it's something they've done a lot of, which is sort of at the time with that Cameron Green talk of him even coming up and being the opening batsman could sort of see why they might try that. Um, however, it's so much better for the young, new guy coming into the team, and although he has played a few tests, he's been around the side, if they slot into that number six position or sort of in that middle order, it's so much easier. Remember years ago, a few years ago now, when Michael Clark was in the side, mm. I think he liked to bat four or five. Yep. You want your best batsman batting three, taking the heat. But we were picking fresh batsmen coming into the side but having to open the innings back then. And even that putting that pressure on them, you know, right at the top. So So does that mean Green's a future opener? Potentially, yeah. Because I, I would see Renshaw or Bancroft as a future opener. So do I. And I think I think Renshaw <clears throat> like if you're not gonna pick Bancroft for whatever reason, there's so many conspiracy theories out there from the bowlers <laughs> don't want him in the side. I mean they're all out there, right? And and I don't know whether any of it's true. We don't no. know, right? But but I doubt it's the case but, um, but anyway the, and, and whether he's blacklisted because of what happened in Cape Town yes he did play a test in 2019 so that's possibly not true either yeah I don't think that's true either but with the future in mind though Casper why wouldn't you look at a Renshaw or a Bancroft put them at number four I, I don't think I don't have an issue with, with Smudge opening the batting Steve Smith opening the batting at all good on him but I'm concerned at two for none and Green walking out into the centre Again, it's not going to happen against the West Indies and possibly not against New Zealand. All due respect to our Kiwi listeners right now, but it could possibly be happening against India next summer. Look, I, I, yeah. I don't like mm -hmm. the idea of two all-rounders in the top six. Um, I should point out that um, both Mitchell Marsh and also Cameron Green are two of the best batsmen in domestic cricket. In Shield cricket, they dominate. Their record is outstanding. And so that's coming back to that comment that was in uh, that um, McDonald made, Macca made, was simply that um, they they see them as the best batsmen. Um, I have no doubt that Cameron Bancroft will play Test cricket for Australia again. He will definitely come back in this side. Well, Uzi's not going to be around him. forever, is it? No, I think that's the automatic sort of spot there. You'd think yes, absolutely. But I think the other thing is that with the age of you know Smith and everyone else around the, in that top order. 
um, yeah, you, you're going to need. And that's the opportunity for players playing shield cricket. And granted, we're doing Big Bash right now, but to finish the season and absolutely dominate it. If they're coming out and and becoming and just just make it easy for the selectors. Go out there and if you're scoring hundreds every game and dominating, mm. it's easy. Okay, what's the plan with Renshaw, do you think? Is it to weaken the Heat team over the finals? <laughs> That's another conspiracy theory. But what's the plan for him? What, 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 what's in it for Renshaw being picked in the 13? Maybe they just love the, the fact that he's coming back into the team, but coming into the environment, into the, you know, with the warm-ups of the team. Just being around the side is sort of, you know, a lot of the selections that they've done like that in the previously is you know, bringing players or a young player in just to sort of see how it works. See, not so much if you fit, but just to sort of understand how it works. So they're longer, that to me is a longer term plan they have for Matt Renshaw. By bringing him into the side at this particular moment in time, granted he won't play this test match uh, in Adelaide. Um, if there's an injury or if there's something that's not quite right at the top, he's ready to go as far as opening the batting. Yeah. But I just think that that's, that's the reason why I think deep down that they love to you know, just introduce the younger players into it. And I think that's where we find now in that uh, T20, sorry, in the one-day internationals and the T20s that we've actually got with uh, Australia versus the West Indies. There's going to be five, I think five players where they're actually adding them. Um, yeah. So Lance, Mar uh, Lance Morris yep. as well with the pace. We'll get to see him this evening. Jai Richardson... Aaron Hardy, Matt Short, and Nathan Ellis. So even that, coming into the Australian one-day team and T20 setup, is an opportunity just to see how they work um, from a coaching point of view and, and see if they if they gel, if they fit. Yeah, really, really happy for Matt Short. He's been yeah. in some ripping form, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. And Outstanding. Watching him last night, like, he just makes it look so easy. Well, that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want, yeah. your players. And that's why the big bash right smack in the middle of the season is not. It's great for the crowds and the interest in the game. It's fantastic, but it's not great for Australian cricket test team selection because yeah. there's no. You play your four or five games before um, Christmas in Shield cricket, and then you finish the season after. Um, so it, that's where it's simply about just dominating whatever you have, whatever stage you're provided with. Yep. Go there and blitz it. I would say Bancroft's been pretty handy though too in the Big Bash. Oh yeah, surprisingly. So, but, oh, but I don't reckon that's surprising. I reckon, no, no I don't reckon. I think um, as a senior player, um, the way he's been playing, for, certainly for the Scorchers for a couple of years, and then for the Thunder to say, you know, just come over us, which would have been a hard decision for him. Okay. Are you happy, are you happy with Smith opening? Yes. Well, there was a bit of a pause there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just... Oh, look, you love all new faces all the time, but I think... If it was, I think Steve Smith, yes. No, yes, definitely yes, and the reason why. He is going to leave the game as one of, um, unlike um, John Buchanan's comments about David Warner, he is going to actually leave the game a great. Mm -hmm. Steve Smith's um, average performance, what he's actually done. And it's almost like that's going to be an exciting journey right now, watching Steve Smith you know, become an opening batsman. Um, and I know there's stats around the fact he averages over 100 when he's batting, you know, yeah. in the first few overs and yeah, all the rest yeah, of that. But after I just, the first two I think overs. that's the yeah. part that it's going to be a really treat for all of us as cricket lovers yeah. watching Steve Smith um, adapt to that position. But uh, I like to think he'll dominate, dominate it like he has done with everything else. Okay. The Scorchers, they are human. They lost to the Strikers, the Scorchers. But 
test stars back. Uh, no doubt Josh Brown will be dropped, but I'm also hearing that McSweeney might have to make way for, for Marnus Labrachain. That would be unlucky. Oh, it would be. and But that's what the game's about. You've got your stars coming back, your test players, um, and, you, look, you have to play them. You just, uh, I think, in amongst all of the mix of the team, and I think even the first game when both Marnus and... Um, and Uzi, Uzi yeah. were available. Um, yeah, Josh Brown didn't play that first game. And just for the mix of the team, um, they won the game easily against the Stars. They blip, they actually hammered them. But I think that's... Oh, look, it's important to get those players back in. Um, I think... I know. I know that um, Nathan McSweeney is going to learn so much from having them in the dressing room around as well. Um, and even just not just in the dressing room, but watching what they do in the middle. I think mm. that's the that's treat of having your senior players coming back and exposed to domestic cricket. They've sort of had that season where they've had... Well, they've won... Well, out of the eight games, I think they've won six, had two washouts. Mm. And a couple of those tight Duckworth-Lewis finishes, they got over the line. So it's all rolling their way. But I just love the makeup of the side. I think um, when I say that with the, the batsmen uh, and the lineup there has been awesome, but even more... So is other bowlers. Yeah, I've just absolutely loved um, the three fast bowlers uh, in Michael Nisa, Spencer Johnson, but Xavier Bartlett for mine has been um, absolutely brilliant. Hmm. But then you throw in um, a Mitch Swepson and also Matthew Kuhneman yep. as a spin options there. They have been so good, so good. Uh, Matthew Kuhneman, um, I think he's only going for four boundaries. Yeah, right. I think, um, in the tournament. Like, his, his, the way he's bowling, um, and maybe that was part of that, you know, experience of playing for Australia over in India, making his debut in Delhi. And Queen's Cricket last Club on year. the Gold Coast. And Queen's Cricket Club on the Gold Coast, of course, too. Jeez, you forget. Um, I'm sure you remind me again. <laughs> However, the, but I just think, I love that mix. But, but even Bick said, um, he, Bick was telling me about um, how awesome um, Matty Kuhneman's been. Yeah. Um, and just it's been so great because the pressure they put on mm. uh, in those in those you know, after your power plays when your field does go back. Uh, that's our cricket update brought to you by Tui's. I feel like a Tui's or two. Drink responsibly when we come back. Three burning questions. Actually, there's one in here. I want you to answer on right behalf here. of me, right? While I go to the bathroom. <laughs> All right, okay. right sports day. Back in a moment. This is off the bench summer edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Oh, are there many better Aussie classics than this? Aussie crawl, boys light up. Welcome back to Sports Day. Three burning questions, toolkit to depot, everything you need to get back to work. Uh, Jason Matthews, Michael Kasperwitz. Hey, um, we're going to bring in Alex Molchanoff, who's in our Sydney studio. He's going to take over from me in just a moment. Mulchi, how are you? Very well, Jace. Kasper, very excited to be on the airwaves with you and Daddy Fast as well. It's going to be an exciting hour and a half or so. Well, we're a little bit under that, aren't we? And we're not too far away from the start of the BBL tonight. Very exciting. Now, Mulchi loves his soccer, Kasper, so he's going to be talking about soccer, 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 soccer. Yep. Right, and he'll even go. Is that football or soccer? soccer. Australia. Oh, okay. Is it called the football ruse or the soccer ruse? Good point. Thank you. Great point. That's why I'm the smartest man in this room right now. (laughs) Uh, Now, listen, three burning questions. Um, Daddy, do you want to ask this one to Casper? Because I think he's in the best position to answer (laughs) this one. Yeah, can do. Um, Now, do we think 
Cam Green will still be in Australia's starting 11 after the next summer. So uh, after the Indian summer? Yes. Good question. Oh, I'm not a Nostradamus by any means, but I think, <laughs> yes, but he should be, yes. Okay. There you go. What are you looking at me for? I'm just looking for reaction, that's why. <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. But I, no, I no, he won't be opening the innings. You happy with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, let me ask you. Can, can we do four burning questions, Daddy, with this? <laughs> yeah. When do you think Uzi will hang up the, the gloves, the bat? Do you reckon he'll go through to the next Ashes series in Australia or do you think he'll finish after the Indian tour? He could even do it at the end of... Um, after the West Indies. Do you know something we don't know? No, I, I don't, but I just... I, I, so the way that Usman sort of operates, I guess he can... He's sort of not on a on a dime, but he'll... He could actually... He, he's not going to be... Um, he'll surprise people, put it that way. Okay. Do you think the Australian selectors might know when he's going to retire, having Renshaw in the 13? Well, maybe there's something... There's a... Draw, you know, line those two things up. Dots up. Maybe that's a, <laughs> the way to look at it, yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. We don't know, basically. But that's that, a rumour that, you could start, I suppose. Why not? Let's do it. That's the new rumour. <laughs> What's the second question and three burning questions? Uh, it's a league one, boys. Now, yeah. uh, Flegler, Thomas Flegler, signed with the Dolphins. Mm. He came out yesterday and said this about... He came uh, out? No. Oh. It was in a press conference. He said this about oh. the supercoach. Right. His resume sort of speaks for itself. He's uh, probably the greatest coach in the game. And, um, you know, to be able to come here and get a year under him and, and learn off him for a year was, um, yeah, it would just be outstanding for me. And um, hopefully I can learn a few things off him and, um, you know, take them into the coming years. What's been some of the, me- the message he gave you when he recruited you? Is there anything that stands out to you, like when you spoke to him, about, you know, what he wanted from you and what, what appealed to you? Um, not really. Wayne, he's, he's pretty blunt. He just said, Tom, we want you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, good. Um, so what's the question? Question, do you think he's made the right decision uh, where he's at in his career now? Just left the Broncos, they made the grand final. He'll only be under Wayne for a year. Has he made the right choice? Absolutely. Yeah. Any time that you get under Wayne Bennett, it, I can't see a negative in that, can you, Casper? No, I reckon um, life is, a, is about opportunity. And if Wayne Bennett um, actually says, I want you, um, you're going to learn. There's... Just listening to a lot of the blokes um, that have played and getting to know like your Gordon Talises and everyone else up here in, in Brisbane, um, the way they talk about um, Wayne Bennett and the impact he, he had on them during their playing days, but more so I think it's after. It's the life lessons that they're taking away from the game. Yep. I think that's the, the value that um, that Wayne provides and I think can see absolutely why. I can see why um, Yeah, he's actually decided to do it. One of the great man managers, isn't he? He yeah, actually does. Right, yeah. yeah, so yeah, no, he's made the right decision. Plus, he lost. He, he left the Broncos, Daddy. Alex, so. you on, on the same answer with the oh, boys? Oh, abs- absolutely. Um, I'm buying. I'm loading up on Dolphins stock at the moment. <laughs> if they if they are on the stock market, I am buying, buying, buying. They are uh, the team I can see the most growth in, probably from outside the top eight last season. In terms of the the strike they have. In their back line, you add Flegler to give them a little bit more thrust up front because the Bromwiches have been great servants, Felice Kafusi, but they're all getting a little bit long in the tooth. I think the yeah. way the Dolphins are going about building this roster, uh, I, I can't get enough of them. I, I love them. That's very nice, Mulch. Yeah. Yes. 
I think we're all with you. All right, we've got to go. What's the last question? Uh, I'll make it a... Oh, we've done... We'll leave it at that, eh? Leave it at that. Oh, well, we've done three, haven't we? Yeah. yeah I the, asked the Aussie one. The last I one's on um, Tim Zoo. He's He's been a part of this new Premier Boxing Championships going being aired on Amazon. Yep. Now, his first fight, it'll actually he'll actually miss out on the uh, the NRL launch in Vegas. And I just thought, is it a missed opportunity for Tim Zoo and the NRL boys? Oh, it's a missed, missed opportunity for NRL fans who are mm. going to Vegas. That's it. Like, Tim Zoo's big time. Oh, and, yeah. and when he – this fight against Ortiz happens in Australia, as they were tweeting about on the weekend, when Tim Zoo knocks him out, He's going to be a massive household name in the United States. I just think the only people missing out from this, Daddy, are NRL fans who are hoping Tim Zoo was fighting the same weekend in Vegas that the Rugby League was on. So, well, he's been nah. pictured with uh, with pretty much every NRL jersey, Tim Zoo. Yeah, Sharky. except for a Bronco. He hasn't wore a Broncos one yet, has he? He's no. actually a South Sydney supporter. Is he? Isn't that right, Mulchie? Mm. Yes, no, that is correct. That is correct. So, he's a South, South Sydney man. supporter. He's absolutely. So he's just been, there we go. Yeah. Glory, glory to uh, South Sydney. I knew you'd All find right. a way to wiggle them in there, Woogie. <laughs> <laughs> Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get back to work. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear in store and online. This is Off The Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Yes, uh, chances are you're about to lose Chris Nelson. It's uh, it's like the grand final for the Summer Carnival uh, in Queensland this weekend. Well, well, maybe it's not. You'll tell us the Magic Millions at the Gold Coast Turf Club. How are you, Nelson? I'm going well, thanks, Jase. Uh, great to be with you again. And, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that it is the grand final. It officially is the end of the summer carnival. We do we do have a meeting at the Sunshine Coast in a couple of weeks' time, which is a, a good meeting, but this is officially the end of the uh, the summer carnival. And what a way to go out. I mean, $14 million in prize money. Not too bad. Hooly dooly. It's, it's a lot of money, isn't it, for, for a regional meeting. It's a, it's a heck of yep. a lot of money. And I'm just thinking as you're talking then, uh, well, well, the Gold Coast Turf Club will look incredibly different come this time next year as well with lights in and uh, I'm hearing there's going to be construction starting with some... Is, is there going to be some developments around the track as well? Or, you know, not around it, but near the track? I think they're going to build a hotel somewhere near there because uh, the lights will be installed this year and I'm pretty sure we'll have a, uh, a Magic Millions day-nighter next year. If not next year, very, yeah, very nice. soon. We'll have a meeting on the Friday night, yeah, and the Saturday. And uh, and then a hotel will go close by. I mean, I can tell you, Jace, I've done that walk many times from the Broad Beach hotels to the Gold Coast because I've had nothing in my pockets, so I had to walk home. <laughs> it's not that far. But I, su- but I suppose something closer wouldn't go astray. No, no, it certainly wouldn't go astray. And, and I could not think of a better venue in Australia for night racing than the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, it clearly is. I mean, they'll base it pretty much on, on Happy Valley in uh, in Hong Kong, where it's just surrounded by... won't be quite the same as Happy Valley, which is surrounded by high-rises, but it's the next best thing that we have here for sure. And just to have that backdrop of the Gold Coast and surfers and Broadbeach and all yeah. the high-rises and the lights will be unbelievable when that's up and running. It certainly will give Toowoomba a run for its money, but we <laughs> move on. Uh, how's the uh, the track holding up before the Magic Millions? A lot of rain in southeast Queensland. 
Well, there was. Uh, we're back to we're back in the soft sort of near good range. Uh, I think we'll be back in the good range by Saturday. We just have to keep an eye on the weather going forward. Obviously, uh, there might be the chance of a shower or two, but mostly the weather bureau is saying like zero to three mils or zero to four mils, and that's not a lot of rain. So. I would say the way this track drains, we'll be back, uh, fingers crossed, on a good four by Saturday race time. Rightio, mate. Uh, you're red hot. You've got a red hot tip. You've been red hot about this horse. What's it called? Storm Boy. Why? Just think of Mr. Percival. Yes. Why are you red hot about Storm Boy? And that's in the two-year-old, isn't it? That's in the two-year-old classic, uh, race eight, number one, Storm Boy. Look, I don't think there's a lot of winning chances in the, the two-year-old classic this year. I... I'd say there's probably four or five. Uh, to, to try and pick a roughie, there's nothing really that appeals. So you look at those first five in the market, and look, I can punch holes in the form of probably four of them. I cannot punch any holes in the form of Storm Boy. He's had two starts, two wins. He was dominant winning in Sydney on debut. He beat a, another horse there that then went to uh, Caulfield and won convincingly. So that form stacked up out of that. Then he came to Queensland, went around in the McLaughlin, did a lot of work early on for the first 400 metres, three and four wide, found the front and then was too strong. So he's just another Waterhouse bot machine two-year-old who will just run through walls and be very hard to beat. There's only four Mashani horses in that race as well. Yeah, they've done well, actually. I mean, I know their their, their business um, plan is to get the early money in the cutest races and run all these Mashanis, but they've qualified four of them. So they haven't done too bad. That's trainer uh, Les Ross and, uh, and owner Mike Crooks. They've done very well with their Mashanis. And I think most of them will roll forward and sit up outside the lead somewhere early on. Yeah, I know the three-year-old Magic Millions race is more of an open affair, but is there anything you like there at all? Look, there is one I like, but I don't know that it'll get a run. It's the first emergency. It's race nine, number 19, Show Me Mercy. So it needs two things. Firstly, the most importantly, a start, because it can't (laughs) win without a start. (laughs) And secondly, it needs a good track. Uh, very good first up in the gold edition behind a bounding on a good track. Then the wheels, unfortunately, spun next time around in the Vaux Rogue on a soft six. Beaten 3.67. Heat stress as well didn't help. So there's a lot to uh, well, a lot to take out of that race you could forgive for Show Me Mercy. So should he get a start and get a good track, he's worth a few dollars each way. Rodio, anything else you like this weekend? Yeah, well, I think your horse or one of yours, Prince of Boom, can bounce back and win. He is mm-hmm. race six, number one, Prince of Boom. I think he'll go straight forward, he will, from that wide I gate. I wish he'll be was able to sit outside. Yeah. Well, he'll be able to sit outside your other horse, Golden Boom, or lead Golden Boom. It'll be a booming finish, no doubt. So I'll go with Prince of Boom there. And I think Rothfire, race four, number one. I think he, too, can overcome his wide gate. And I think he's a fair price. I mean, you wouldn't want to take a short price about a horse drawn so wide. But with him... I'm happy to take the price on offer. So I, race four, number one, race six, number one. I can't believe you've gone against um, Tony Gollan. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. And and Ryan Maloney. What's going Are you well, okay? No. You get to the doctors. You've been bitten one, by one of those mosquitoes, haven't you, at your house? <laughs> well, there are a lot of them around, that's for sure. <laughs> well, look, I have gone with Tony Gollan in a later race, but, uh, yeah, anyway, no, it's... Tony Golan could have a day out. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. And Ryan Maloney could do the same. So if they do, I'll miss out this time. Yep. Righty up. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks, Jace. Have a great weekend and a great Magic Millions.